Welcome to Innovations of Health, a podcast that gives you the latest in healthcare trends and news. We'll be sharing advances. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm Dr. John Milne. I'm the Senior Vice President for Real Estate Strategy and Operations here at Providence. And really appreciate everybody taking time to join us here in our second panel. Uh, we're talking about uh, strategic planning uh, from a real estate perspective. And really excited uh, to welcome back um, our team uh, that is, uh, really does a lot of the planning work for us here at Providence. Um, and I have them introduce themselves uh, momentarily. Just have a brief uh, disclaimer that we're have to, uh, you know, kind of read in all of this, uh, given that we are a healthcare um, organization. So, just as a reminder, you know, this broadcast really is only for informational purposes only. Uh, if you have medical questions, please reach out to your primary care provider or other healthcare professionals. So, uh, with that in mind, um, we'll go ahead and, and jump into our conversation here. So, Michelle, you want to start and introduce yourself and your role here at Providence. Hi, yes, thanks, John. My name is Michelle Bernard. I'm based in Portland, Oregon, and I'm the Director of Institutional Planning for Real Estate Strategy and Operations. Suzanne? Hi, everyone. I'm Suzanne Schwab, Land Use and Planning Director, based in Southern California. Hillary? Hi, Hillary Altman. I'm also a Director of Institutional Planning for our Real Estate Strategy and Operations Group, and I'm in Seattle, Washington. Right. So uh, really appreciate all three of you uh, joining me again for this ongoing conversation. Uh, this is the second uh, of these uh, LinkedIn uh, and, uh, podcasts that we've done here. And really our focus today is to drill down a little bit deeper into, you know, kind of the direction that Providence is beginning to think as we think about healthcare in a much broader state. And we have what we refer to oftentimes as Health uh, 1.0, which is a very hospital-centric uh, point of view with regard to where healthcare was, and that really was the legacy of most um, healthcare institutions. It was really hospital-based in terms of the way we deliver care. And we're evolving into what we refer to internally as Health 2.0, which really is now uh, not so much focused on the hospital, but really looking at the broader communities that uh, we serve uh, and looking at how do we overall uh, expand into uh, different sectors, recognizing that housing and other elements uh, within urban design uh, all influence the overall health of communities. And as we sync uh, uh, as an organization to really manage uh, the overall health of our communities and, and look at that as a real estate division, our mantra is really about developing health in communities. And how do we actually look at the built environment and the infrastructure of a community? And how do we be able to influence that? How do we partner with, uh, with cities, with developers, with other organizations uh, that should our vision to be able to advance the overall health of the community. And so I wanted to highlight uh, two projects uh, that, that our team has worked on uh, and are and still working on. These are these are active projects uh, for us and, uh, and for one in particular is a multi-year project that we're still in the very earliest concept uh, level stages at. So don't want anybody to be thinking that this is, uh, you know, um, you know, finished product. You're, you're getting to see uh, behind the curtain a little bit of the way our team is, is thinking and evolving, but really thinking about mixed use development as a, an ongoing uh, process and a tool that uh, it's not just about uh, the healthcare uh, delivery in terms of uh, building a specific clinic or building uh, that's there, but really about the broader community that's there and the, and the different touch points.
topics uh, that exist in the community from wellness to food to um, uh, to housing and being able to, how do we lace all of those elements together in a way that really does drive health? So Michelle, I'd love for you to introduce us to uh, Reed's Crossing as a project that you've worked on uh, in the Portland area there and kind of some of the elements that your team has uh, been thinking about as they think about what that looks like. Great, thanks, John. Yes, so Reed's Crossing is a 450-acre-plus mixed-use development that is going um, on right now in Southwest Portland Market. So if any of you are familiar with the Southwest Portland Market, it is a growing and thriving community. It's actually in between, the development itself is in between two urban cities within the Portland area. On one end, you've got Beaverton, and the other end, you've got Hillsboro. Um, both of those cities are um, major employer markets. Um, some of you might know Nike and Intel and Tetronix. And so Reed's Crossing lies right in between those two, um, which is exciting because it's a thriving community, but also it's actually at the edge of the metro urban growth boundary within the Portland market. And so not to steal any thunder from Suzanne's um, planning expertise and land use, but it's a the urban growth boundary is actually a planning line that essentially controls expansion into protected forests and farms. And so the ability to continue to develop within the urban boundary is actually, it's a very valuable um, market to be in and an asset to, to grow in. And so for us, the Reed's Crossing development proposed um, two things for us. One, greater access into the Washington County um, market, which we already have a, a strong foothold in, but it just allowed us to be able to provide a greater level of access within that county. And then um, two, it allowed us to think beyond the medical uses um, within a planned community. And so we got really excited about a potential partnership with the developer to create a wellness center um, in the development community. And so um, we are going to be providing indoor and outdoor aquatics, um, childcare services. Um, we're also um, expanding into fitness centers, um, not only with you know, virtual classes now that we're in a COVID era, but also wellness and diet, dietary and nutrition classes and experts on site to even also do kind of our complementary medical services such as our women's program, primary care. And so it's just a nice um, encapsulation of complementary medical and non-medical services together. So we're excited to be able to fulfill in our promise to be our partners, um, to be our community's partner to enhance health. Thanks for that overview. And I guess one thing I just want to make very clear in this is we're not the master developer for this uh, process. You know, we have come in and partnered as the healthcare uh, uh, lead within this larger uh, development uh, complex. So there are other, the housing is being done by an outside developer, the retail is being done uh, by an outside developer. But I think the thing that's really, for me, interesting in this is that partnership that comes in is we're able to bring our expertise to that discussion as a healthcare provider and being able to help think about the broader health of that community as that community gets laid out and being able to be involved with it early on in that, uh, your team's been able to help influence some of the thinking from the, from the developer's perspective, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We were actually able to leverage some of their psychographic information that they provided around the consumer habits and the, and the lifestyle choices that they were anticipating the um, residents of this 
of this area to be. So it was fascinating to align that with our with our mission and vision for how we would provide care to our own patient populations and see that overlay. So absolutely, it was a it was a good. Um, marriage of consumer information and our medical information and visioning. Yeah, so we'll come back to Reed's uh, here more in a minute, but Suzanne, I want to turn to you for a moment. Uh, so one of the other projects that uh, we've been looking at is uh, Mount St. Vincent uh, in West Seattle. So you want to tell us a little bit about um, the the way the city is looking at West Seattle in general in terms of uh, how they're looking at uh, land use and, and overall zoning and, and planning of that area and then how um, our property in that uh, potential has uh, a, a way to partner with the city in that way. Sure. So this is kind of the other side that you were describing, John, where uh, we are the, the landowner on, on this property. And um, Hillary, feel free to chime in too since you're up there in Seattle. But West Seattle has just been a booming area um, as the city did its comprehensive uh, plan update years ago. They included some new uh, designations, land use designations within it that would allow for more flexibility in, in um, various areas of the city and, and a focus of that were employment centers. And so while for the most part, while West Seattle is really a neighborhood um, and home to many people, we, and I should say the Mount, our, our property there, our facility there, is home to also many people. We're also considered an employment center because we're providing care to um, seniors and, and elderly there. Can you want to describe um, what's existing on that property just so that people are aware of what's at the Mount right now? Exactly. Yes. Um, so we, it's a really unique property. We have um, two buildings on the site, one that houses our sisters um, uh, for Providence. So as uh, our sisters retire, they have a, a lovely place to go. And then another is um, community for uh, an assisted living and um, uh, apartment living uh, or skilled nursing, sorry, skilled nursing and then apartments for assisted living. And um, the property is about somewhere in between eight or nine acres, but we basically take up one full square block. And we're really integrated within the community because uh, the building is very unique and also houses a child development center. And so um, we're able to provide multi-generational care on one site, um, which has been uh, very unique and it's been a part of the fabric of West Seattle for years, um, unfortunately. Yeah, so this is, this, is a, this is an interesting site in that, uh, so the, the, the actual mount, the history of it, and I'm probably going to get some of this wrong, so please correct me if, if, I, if I miss on it, I believe is over 100 years old in terms of the, the bones of the, the original site. It was originally um, a, a, a nunnery era, you know, where we, you know, we had, you know, the, the sisters had, you know, schools and, 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 and many of the, um, uh, the sisters and uh, you know came uh, you know went went to school and got trained and it kind of became and evolved into uh, being used for more senior housing, uh, evolving from that original purpose. So there's there's a gorgeous chapel uh, you know on the site that is uh, part of the original uh, area that was there. And then as you mentioned, this is the the legacy home for the sisters of Providence. This is where um, when the sisters uh, retire, they uh, come in and retire onto this property. So it's a very special property for us as an institution within Providence because this truly is 
the home for um, for our legacy of, of the Sisters of Providence um, that's there. And so, you know, as we were thinking about this property, we're looking at given the the bones of the the property over 100 years old, and the last remodel, to my recollection, handled happened sometime in the 1960s. You know, this is an aging uh, infrastructure that we've got. It's something where we need to reinvest back in there to continue to provide services in this community. You know, including a pace clinic that's there, as well as you mentioned, child development center and a variety of services that are really critical to our home and community care division are a part of that. But we're really trying to look at how can we do that more comprehensively. And so we had to, to look at the land use and the rezoning. And that's some of the work that you were working with with the city as they were looking at their urban planning, correct? Yeah, so the comprehensive plan that I was describing created these new um, urb, hub urban urban village zones or just an urban village zone. And so we had an opportunity to, to be included then within that zone so that we could have some more flexibility in the standards for our development and also the mix of uses as we start to plan for the next 100 years or so on the property. So what kind of options does that give us, that change in the zoning uh, to that area? What does that, how does that change the way we are able to think about what we could do on that uh, piece of property as we're still in the planning stages for it? So it really um, incorporates everything from uses as I was describing because we would have the opportunity to potentially add just um, residential uses that don't have any employment associated with them as well as flexibility in the standards themselves. So the ratio, ratio for parking, as well as the height of the building. Right now we're about five stories and we have a little bit more flexibility there. Um, for those of you that know West Seattle, there are some pretty amazing views um, from, from that part of, of the world. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the you know, really interesting thing about uh, both of these projects uh, that we're talking about here is, you know, the way we're able to partner with um, cities and outside uh, agencies around that in, in West Seattle in particular to kind of rethink, you know, the overall land use that's there and, and can we uh, by incorporating into uh, those types of, of changes that the city is already contemplating about how they're going to be able to do that. And by, but by partnering with them and pulling us into that will give us uh, some additional flexibility to really think about what is the future of, of healthcare delivery and, and the partnership at Reach Crossing with the developer that's there. And so I guess as you know, Hillary, turning to you for a moment, as we think about both of those, uh, those projects, uh, I know you spend a lot of your time thinking about overall, you know, ambulatory care and how are we delivering care in that health 2.0 type of a, of a of a mindset. How do those two projects, you know, give us opportunities to really advance what is the future of healthcare look like and the development um, in that you know kind of non-hospital centric world? Yeah, I mean, I think both of these are examples that are you know pretty radical shift from our historical way of thinking, which is, you know, we have a site of, of care and people should come to us and we centralize all of our resources and um, it's a brick and mortar location where people come to us. And I think we've realized that shift towards um, really distributing our care and with COVID especially, we've, we've really been flipping that um, program to say we're, you know, we're, we really want to come and be embedded in the community in a very different way. And so while all of our historical strategic facility planning is really about building the campus and expanding the campus, this is almost the opposite. 
Yeah, I think that's, that's really important. And I think, you know, thinking about, you know, health and health delivery for us is more than just simple uh, delivery of, of a particular surgical procedure or, or, or an infusion of medication or, you know, convalescence in a hospital bed. It really is about, you know, food. It's about exercise. It's about wellness. It's about a variety of, of different things that integrates into, you know, housing being a critical component for us as we think about what is the hospital of the future that you know, a, a larger percentage of care delivery is going to be happening outside of uh, the hospital, the four walls of the hospital, and really uh, moving into uh, it already is moving into ambulatory type facilities such as surgical centers and more clinic based things. But you know, our vision for for healthcare going forward really is focused on you know a large portion of, of housing as health and being able to deliver hospital at home type services um, in that process. And so. I guess, you know, uh, Michelle, as, as we kind of pivot back to reads in that context, as we think about mixed use development, uh, you know, what are the things that we're, you're seeing at reads and the discussions that your team has had um, at reads that really are about layering in and things that, you know, advice you'd give to developers who are wanting to partner with a health system and say, hey, you know, I'm really interested in in you know the health of a community and building a, a wellness or healthy focused community, what are the elements that a developer should be thinking about uh, based on that, that that should be incorporated into those types of uh, planning exercises? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think people more than ever want convenience. And so the distance from where they're living or where they're working and the ability to get to a wellness hub, I think is probably the most critical. And I think too, what makes Reeds a little bit more unique and it's really leveraging the just natural beauty of Oregon and the Southwest area with the forests. And they just are creating a lot of different environments by which you can be outside. And I know that's kind of challenging during our rainy season, but people are out in the rain, people are definitely out in the sun. And so how, how do we as a healthcare provider and enable people to be outside and cultivate a healthy lifestyle and so having having a developer create those those walkable exploratory areas where they can be on a trail really close to their house and then your healthcare can, provider can work with you on healthy habit explorations i think that to us is really about um a holistic way of being beyond just coming in and getting treated but really being uh, being a provider to understand how to create healthy lifestyle habits and um and just enjoying enjoying your your neighborhood got it so uh, suzanne one of the things that um you've been involved actually all of us have been involved with is looking at how we change the way we use data and looking at at overall you know our planning efforts as we think about it in a much more comprehensive way uh, the community you want to talk a little bit about how um how you and your team are thinking about um uh, uh, data and how do we how do we leverage that into the tool the type of planning tools that we implement as a health system that might be complementary to uh, non-healthcare developers or cities as they're thinking about how health uh, intersects with uh, with overall uh, community development yeah of course um, so as Michelle even mentioned for you know Reed's crossing there's a, a multitude of market factors that we want to be looking at but um, Really, what we're what we're working on internally right now is a geospatial platform to help us do that, so that 
we can see, you know, on a map, on, what, if we're looking at the satellite or an aerial image of something, um, the properties itself, and then layer in and be able to, whether it's through a heat map or some data points, see where um, whatever the layer is, if it's something to do with population or age, and, and how we can be doing that in a, in a geographic way. Um, and it helps us with everything from site selection to um, bolstering that um, market data and relationship with the developer, again, back to Reed's Crossing, um, helps us in our conversations with the city. Most cities are using similar platforms, but maybe not integrating as much data. Um, and then, you know, obviously on top of that, we can also put in our providers and our other facilities and proximity to those things, transit, um, walkability, things um, that Michelle was also talking about making that we consider to be making a complete community. We're able to look at all those um, different points. Uh, and then the, the last thing I'd like to add that don't they, they wouldn't come in to play um, with those factors is, is also just listening to the community. Um, and so for you know specific example of Mount St. Vincent, we haven't gotten there yet um, because we're so early in the process. But you know, really talking to the neighborhood and the the people we'll be serving is is also an extremely important data set. And, and so, Hillary, as you've been doing planning for uh, you know many years here now with with Providence, how does this change? I mean, what's the what's been the, the pivot as you're looking at at how uh, the team is is thinking about these types of things? I mean, as you bring in these other these new tools and 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 you know philosophically some of the pivots. I mean, what are you seeing as the, as the evolution of this over the course of the years that you've been uh, working on this? Yeah, I mean, I think your point about data is spot on. I mean, we, we, before we would have some, you know, rogue plans about ideas and opportunistic, you know, just kind of all over the place. And I think now that we have um, data systems, we can really um, inform our, you know, decisions with insights around population and demographics and use rates and really see where communities are underserved or overserved and where are, you know, where the competitors and partners are and really look at those patterns of, where care is provided um, in a very different way. And so that allows us to speak with our, you know, physician partners and our communities to say, you know, we've really got a foundation of data now that we understand what's happening. And I think that's, you know, fundamentally gonna change in five and 10 years, our ability to, as Suzanne points out, to map those trends and to um, really try to forecast into the future in a different way and not just, you know, eyeball it and, yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> yeah, I think that the unique thing that you know the data that we have access to, because as you know, the proprietary aspects of it, obviously we're we're using de-identified data uh, from our patient populations and whatnot. So we're not, you know, we're very uh, cognizant of HIPAA compliance when we're thinking about data. And this is, you know, we we hear stories sometimes about you know companies going in tapping into healthcare data and being questioned about uh, how those are getting used you know we are very uh clear and tight on what the boundaries are with this but as a healthcare system using our own internal data what you know the types of insights that um and being and bringing a clinical eye to it as a health system you know what we're able to do uh, in comparison to other um uh, planning entities 
you know, potentially is to be able to look at this from the from that clinical lens and saying we're seeing areas of a community and specific neighborhoods that may have higher incidences of diabetes or hypertension or heart disease or other types of processes, and then looking at root cause analysis to be able to understand the broader um, social demographic instances and the social um, influences that may be driving some of those disease entities. You know, for example, you know, do, do people not have access to, um, you know, sustainable food sources? Um, you know, they're having to buy high fructose corn syrup, you know, laced uh, products as opposed to fresh fruits and vegetables. And, you know, this is, you know, looking at, at what those types of, of patterns as we think about it from a population health perspective. And so then starting to layer on population health in and integrate that with urban planning and urban development becomes a really exciting for me, you know, opportunity to transform the fundamental fabric of our communities. And I think that's the, the for me, the cutting edge. And, and I think for us as an organization, uh, you know, what, you know, we're excited to be able to continue to replicate uh, development uh, processes like we've seen um, at Reeds and the things we're planning at Mount St. Vincent. And we've got other projects across the system in, in Texas and other uh, markets where we're continuing to look at uh, broader um, opportunities to be able to think about in a, in a much broader scale. How do we actually truly drive health in the community by the way we're able to uh, lay out uh, the overall infrastructure of that community? So other advice you'd give to uh, cities or developers who are you know, thinking about these kinds of things other than to pick up the phone and give you a call and, 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 and you know, happy to provide the, the armchair consult uh, there to your, our, uh, our you know, civic partners in all of this. But other advice you'd be giving to, you know, if, if somebody out there is a, an architect or a city planner or something like that, that you'd be giving them as, as, as if they're wanting to be thinking about the intersection of health and the built environment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to just ask people or to let people know that Providence is beyond just a medical vision for our communities and that you know, we do have expertise and a passion for for complementary services beyond just the diagnostic and treatment facets of our business. I mean, we excel at that, of course, but I think we, we do have a passion for health that is beyond beyond that. And so I, I think having thoughtful conversations about what that means and how we can how we can enable that in our in our communities is really what we're really wanting to get for to get as a longer term vision for development. Great. Any other thoughts? We're coming out to the end of our uh, half hour. It's flown by uh, quickly here. Uh, so, um, Suzanne, Hillary, any uh, final closing comments as we uh, wrap up? All right. So, I guess <laughs> uh, what I yeah, don't worry. Dead, dead air is not always a good thing. So I apologize. I know neither of you are shy about sharing your thoughts. But I guess so. I just you know really want to just close this with you know to echo Michelle's comments there. Uh, I think for us, the future of healthcare and the future of of care delivery is not in the hospital. And you know the hospital is always going to be a, an important part of any of the communities. And uh, certainly, uh, as a hospital operator, we are you know always going to be operating hospitals and and seeking to provide the highest quality and, and value for care. But as we look at the future, the, the vision really for us as a health system is uh, as a community partner. How do we actually embed ourselves in a much deeper way than we already are in the communities that we serve? How do we redesign 
uh, the services that are in those communities to be able to continue to elevate the overall health of the community. And then ultimately for us as a real estate team, look at, at the strategic partnerships, whether it be with developers, whether it be with cities, whether it be with um, other um, healthcare delivery or other um, uh, nonprofit partners to be able to accelerate the overall uh, mission of our organization uh, with like-minded organizations in, in ways that really truly have the ability to transform communities. As, and we believe that the built environment really is that platform and that catalyst to be able to drive health um, across a broader community. So thanks to all of you who are out there uh, watching and, and our conversation here today. Um, and thanks, uh, Michelle, Suzanne, Hillary, for joining me in this uh, process today, at, or this conversation today. This is um, really obviously a passion, I think, for all of us to think about how do we do this. And this is ultimately why we are, uh, we're at Providence. And I'm really excited that Providence has the, the, the leadership vision to be able to think more broadly about uh, transforming communities in this way. So with that, I'll uh, kind of share, you know, our you know, kind of closing comments uh, with this and, you know, encourage anyone who is um, um, interested in learning more about Providence uh, or uh, any of our programs or initiatives or ways to be able to be more engaged with Providence uh, to reach out to any one of us directly uh, through uh, through the real estate strategy or uh, operations uh, division within Providence or come to our website uh, to be able to learn about uh, our programs and more about uh, our medical care and the services that we deliver in the community at providence.org. Um, also make sure to follow us on uh, social media at Providence Health Systems on LinkedIn and then also Facebook and Instagram uh, and Providence at Twitter. So uh, we're on all the channels um, and we look forward to seeing you there. So again, thanks to all of you for our, uh, engaging this conversation and have a good afternoon. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on Innovations of Health from Providence. We look forward to continuing this important discussion on the latest in healthcare trends and news in our future episodes. Make sure to listen to future podcasts on Dash Radio, under Future of Health Radio, or your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence, and Instagram, you can find us under Providence Health Systems. To learn more about our mission programs and services, visit Providence.org. Thanks for listening.